Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to an actual new episode of Put Am I Wrong? Yeah, sorry, we've been on a little hiatus because someone was... <coughs> I'm so sick. Sorry, everyone. Uh, thank you all for understanding. I um, got strep again. So I am so far four. So far, two for two on getting strep immediately after babysitting. And it was not as bad as last time because I knew I had strep. Like, I immediately was like, oh, this is what it is. This is how I'm feeling it. So I went to the doctor immediately, which was great because last time I waited, like, almost a whole week because it didn't feel like strep normally did. And every time, in the two times I've gotten strep, and my pomologist, the appointment I went to, he confirmed that, like, strep will just, like, A, I'm getting it so easily and nobody else is getting it because my immune system is just trash. Mm-hmm. And it's will bring up old, like, lo- like make long COVID symptoms worse. So last time when I had it and didn't get treated for like a week, I had the worst cough in the entire world. Like I literally had to have, uh, gross everyone, prepare yourselves. I had to have a spit bucket by my bed because like I was like not sleeping at head all. And then, and then also. <laughs> in the spittoon. And then I'm just like <laughs> in the spittoon. Yeah. Um, and this, like I still have the cough. I still got like all of the phlegmy gross shit. But it didn't get to that point where, like, I just wasn't sleeping and I was, like, becoming delirious. And it was, like, oh, this is, I understand, like, when, like, people like people who have babies and they talk mm-hmm. about, like, oh, I'm not getting any sleep. And, like, I'm hallucinating. Yeah. I was, like, that's where I was. But I'm not as bad anymore. I did the antibiotics. I'm so glad to be done with them. <laughs> the havoc they wrecked on my digestion. It was... I literally was telling Mods, I was like, I wish I could, like, I want to record how many times a day I pooped. Like, I spent more day. I spent, like, the majority of our waking hours stomach in shambles. Well. It was only five days. Now I'm I'm good. You got all of it out of you. I literally was like, (laughs) I'm going to die. Like, what? No. And, like, I need to gain weight. And I'm like, this is, I am pooping far too. I can't keep up with this. So that's why we were gone. Melissa was very kind and generous. I thought about saying like, fuck it. Like, let, I, I can like do it next week and try. And I was like, I don't know if that's smart. And no. you're like, no, no, just take it off. Yeah. There was, why push yourself? Like, yeah. why? And I'm glad because I, I brought it, like my pomologist, I went to that appointment, which is a lung doctor, if anyone wanted to know, and like breathing stuff. And he had brought up like making sure to like not push yourself at all. And I've like heard about that anecdotally, but he was like, you have to remember that 
in like fitness and things. Like we think of like, oh, pushing yourself and then you get your heart rate up and then you um, like you get those endorphins that are released. And like that's like what you want to get your body into that like peak level. And we as humans have this nature of just like powering through and then realizing like, oh, my gosh, I feel so good after doing that. And he was like, don't (laughs) like, it's just like, you're just going to feel so bad. Mm -hmm. Like always do less than you think that you can do, but like literally never fucking push yourself. Like it's just going to make everything worse. And I was like, oh, and it was literally like two days after uh, we had decided to like not do the podcast record last week. And I was like, oh, smart call. Smart call. As someone, you who has lungs up, you're like, just chill. Just chill. I mean, it doesn't change anything for us. Like as far as putting... I mean, y'all, the listeners, it does affect you because you get old episodes. But I think they're within the last year. But, yeah. you know, they're still fun to revisit. Yeah, maybe you started late and you're catching up. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate the understanding. And um, a lot has fucking happened. Yeah. Not necessarily in our but in personal, the world. In the world. So we have a lot of shit to talk. Mm-hmm. I guess... So if you guys want to hear the results for last week, we've now started doing bonus episodes. Uh, No one gave us a better name. So they're going to be called Fisting Fridays (laughs) until somebody gives us a better name. Someone please. (laughs) Someone please. So um, you can listen tomorrow to hear the results. A little little short, fast episode. Ayo. So this is, but am I wrong? Where we tell you when you're wrong. And when each other, when we're wrong, which is very, very rare. Sometimes we also propose hot takes. Uh, we've got multiple segments, but am I wrong? Where again, we say things that happen in our lives. Hey, are we the hero, the villain, or hot takes? And then we also read your email submissions, tell you if you were wrong in a situation happening in your life. And then finally, we nominate the wrong of the week, or in this case, wrong of the last wrongs of the couple last weeks. And then everybody votes on our Instagram stories Mm -hmm. for who they agree with. And if it's not us, that's fine. Yeah. Unless you're racist. Uh Uh-huh. And then that's not fine. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So should we get into our first segment? Yes. All right. So I don't need need to look. I know what my but am I wrong is. So um, if you listen to our bonus episode of Don't Blame Me that came out on Tuesday, see you next Tuesday, then I told a little story about how I've been going out some more. I told a story how I like went out a couple weekends ago, went to a barbecue, then I went to a comedy show. So then after the comedy show... Oh, this wasn't when you got hit by the car. Okay. No, no, no. This is... <laughs> no, 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 I didn't get hit by another car. Okay. So um, my friend who I went to go see in the comedy show, he invited me to go out to eat with some of the other people that were in the comedy show. So we go out to eat. And I didn't know anyone else there, but I, I, you know, I'm cordial. I was on it. Everybody there was like obsessed with you. Everybody there was a was like a comedian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like they were like. Really, well, like they, it was it was a lot of yeah. pressure, and and then this one guy was like, "So what?" Because they were like they were like all on TV shows. Oh shit! Yeah, and he was like, "So what show are you on?" And I was like, "I'm not on the show." And he's like, "You're really funny. Like like, do you perform anywhere?" And I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not a no. Comedian. What you got a good ego? I, weekend. I, I, <laughs> I did. Really I did. Good. I did. Wow. It's like he's like you were so funny, and I was like, "Thank you." Oh, I know. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, that was the good part. But then 
this one person is, and they were like ordering food for the table. Oh no. And so the person I was sitting next to, I was like, so who's like paying for this? And she was like, I guess she is. And so like, whatever. And so she kept just like ordering food and it was stuff like I couldn't, first of all, I was at the cookout earlier, so I wasn't yeah. hungry. And then it was like, you know, I love lobster, but it was like lobster mac and cheese, which Oof. I can't do cheese or the pasta. And also, I know what fresh lobster smells like, and that wasn't it. No one's putting fresh lobster in macaroni and cheese. Let's be real. Yeah. And so, like, like stuff like it was like sliders coming down the table, pizza, and then dessert was like also ice cream. So it was like nothing I could eat. Yeah. <laughs> and I That's wasn't hungry anyway. So I had just like ordered something to drink. And so did, like, a lot of people on my end of the table. Like, we weren't eating. One guy was like, I'm just going to order my drink from the bar. And I was like, okay. So then the bill comes, and she's like, the person who had ordered all this food was like, so it's going to be $55 per person. And I look around, and no one else is saying anything. And I don't know anyone else except <sighs> for the person that I that I went to go see. And so I was just like... I guess I'm fucking paying for this. And so, I mean, we paid and then there was like no one wanted the food either. So there's just like stacks of to go boxes, too, that they were like, just take. So I was just like, OK, I'm going to take like some of these like chicken sandwiches and then I'll take the bread off yeah. and because I paid for it. I'm going to fucking yeah, eat, eat it. The shit. Yeah. So I took it. But like, sh should I have said like, hey, I'm not paying for it because then the next day. I was talking to the guy that invited me and he goes, so like, should we have said something? Cause he had only got a drink too. And he was like, should we have like, tell me if I'm, cause he literally said, tell me if I'm wrong in the situation. You're like, I'm actually the perfect person to yeah. ask that question to. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad that you said, you're saying it now. Like you should have said it before. Cause yeah. you actually know uh -huh. these people, but like. <laughs> he should have said something. He you didn't said need something. to. Yeah. Like, I'm so like I'm still mad about it because it was nothing I could even eat even if it was like if it was food I could eat then I would have been better with it because I was like I could take all yeah. of this home because it was like totally. a lot of food left but I couldn't eat any of it I would have been I was so irate like I am that person when people are like oh my gosh it's whatever like we'll all just like split the bill evenly like here's the thing like if we got all if it were if the pay discre if the discrepancies like we're all making around the same money. Like mm -hmm. we all have like the around similar incomes in life. And we're within, I don't know, like $5 yeah. of each other. Like I'm when like, we went out well, to eat for yes. the, uh, the weekend before that, we went out to eat and, you know, all of our food was around the same amount of money. And like, even when I go out to eat with other people and if I see that they're going to like have an, uh, like alcohol, mm -hmm. I will then, I usually will order water, but then I'll be like, oh, I'll get a Diet Coke or something. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, if you, I know we're probably going to split, but then if someone's getting like, I don't know, like three or four drinks, I'm like, I'm not splitting right. with this anymore. And I will, but I can't explain how uncomfortable it makes me when it's with people that you like don't know. So mm -hmm. you can't say anything. Yeah. I, uh, that would also make me like hate that person. Yeah. And then he confronted her and, oh. and like, was like, that wasn't cool what you did. And she just did not get it. For me, it's like, yeah, I could afford it, but also, like, I had a $12 drink. Well, it's also not going to, like, I'm going to have to still spend that money on food I'm going to eat. Yeah, and then it's like, 
why didn't you like you didn't she didn't just she didn't ask anyone if they wanted this it was just like food was just like appearing because it was maybe like 15 people and she was at one end of the table and we were at another end and the food just kept we're like where's this food coming from i didn't order this it was just getting passed down and she's probably like i just got it for the table yeah that's what she said the table the table didn't say they wanted this you gotta i hate that oh my god that would have I would, I, mm-hmm. I would lose my mind. Yeah. I would lose it. Okay. My, but am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I like this little, little, little. Yeah. So. Laugh. Laugh if you laugh. It's a hot take. Okay. My hot take is if something is cheap, it means somebody else is paying for it. Okay. I like this. I already. I like where this is going. I, I'm ready for your specific examples. You're gonna like it even more, okay? Because from the producers who brought you big milk, big printer, okay, we have big garlic. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you I favorited this video on TikTok so fast, I was like, I don't even need to think about what I'm doing for this. I know. So this is brought to you by JT Mobile Detailing. And you're like, probably like, again, what? Yes, no, this no, is no. a car I, detailer. I follow her. No, I her. know. But like just the 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 uh, offshoot of like their normal content. She hasn't been showing up on my free. I hate no, how I it's know. like people that you follow don't show up on your free page. It's like I shouldn't page. follow you if and I want to see you. And what is this like live now? Whatever the fuck that shit is on TikTok now. Where like you can't see some people's videos unless you post something that day. What? Have you not got this update? No. Oh my gosh. TikTok? That's like a bad idea. Yeah. And they've also got a thing where like if you're with your friend, which this is kind of cool, but like if you're with your friend and y'all are both videoing at the same time, both of you can like post it and it will show it from different angles, which is kind of cool, but also scary. I don't like that. Okay, go. Big Garlic from Um, JT Mobile Detailing. Yeah, JT Mobile Detailing is who introduced me to this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's a whole movie about this that I saw. I I didn't see the movie. Okay. I Googled that there was a movie that was very, that I'm assuming, or a TV show episode that this is what they were maybe talking or they had discovered this. I'm getting all of my information from a TikTok because it's uh, less than three minutes long. Mm -hmm. And my brain does not work. So if anything is wrong, in here, uh, no, it's not. So, <laughs> so ninety-seven percent of the garlic in the United States is grown in California, which is not coming to surprise me as somebody who has grown up in Northern California, now lives in Southern California, and has done the drive through Central California, the armpit, which is actually like, like the vast majority of California. And we're going to get to that later because okay. there's a big player who I immediately knew, and I was like, California, I know where this garlic is coming from. And most of the garlic of the world, though, comes from China. I knew that. I saw that somewhere. That was a shock to me. Okay. So in the early 2000s, a brand new like garlic player comes in, Harmony Spices. And they are selling in China and the United States. So the United States now, like most of the U.S., again, 97% is grown in California. Now, suddenly, early 2000s, Harmony Spices comes in from China and they're taking over. Okay. So they get a deal with the United States to distribute garlic in California, but because they're like a brand new company, the law says that they don't have to pay any tariffs and taxes. So like any import taxes, like nothing because they're a brand new company. 
And then they have to do a review every single year, which will then evaluate how much they're going to be paying in taxes based on like the profits of the company. And that's like a pretty common thing with most like new businesses. You can, you don't have to, you can like defer mm-hmm. taxes for a while, but it's already like a very large company, which is usually not one that can defer taxes immediately. So nobody reviewed the next year. Just nobody, the government just didn't review Was it them. during COVID? When was this? No, this is early 2000s. Oh, okay. So just nobody's reviewing. Okay. And they are like dumping like tons and tons of garlic, like more garlic than we've ever seen into the United States ever at like a ridiculously cheap price. And you, the United States growers, they're like pissed as shit because like you're devaluing the garlic. Like you're fucking up our entire thing. Like this was like so much of this is coming from California. This has to be illegal. And so they're all talking amongst each other. And turns out it is legal. Anti-dumping laws, which I just think are really perfectly mm-hmm. named. So nobody actually ended up reporting Harmony because the government does not keep track. They need you to self-report so then they will issue. They'll be like, hey, knock, knock, knock. It's time for you to do my report. It's like going to like being, I threw up. It's like literally that. So you have to chase them down to do that. They weren't doing it. And so the only other way it can get done because the government's not going to intervene is if like growers come together and then they petition the government and say, hey, this is fishy. Go do something yeah, about this. Like Bikil did. <laughs> exactly. So now this is where I saw some discrepancy in um, JT's uh, TikTok was saying California growers. And then on a website, they're also saying New Mexico. I would assume that there's maybe like a coalition between both of them to like really go hard for this. They decided to do, they decided to ask the government for a review on why it's all like so quiet and like why no one's doing anything because no. So New Mexico and California growers, they decided to go to the government and ask for a review, but they want to get this other big California garlic player in. And he is like, "Mm," his name is Christopher Ridge. And they're like, Chris, Chris, Christy, we got to figure this out. Like, do you know that this is happening? He's like, Chris (laughs) Christie. Who's that? You know Chris Christie is? Sounds familiar. Like Christie knows best. Or oh, something. that's crap. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that's what he's in jail for. <laughs> Big garlic. No, Christopher Ranch. Okay. And <laughs> his last name's Ranch. Yeah, I know. I was like, is he from the Ranch conglomerate? <laughs> Big Ranch, Hidden Valley. And they were like, why are you not pissed? Like, you are like one of like the biggest. Like, he they have like their own garlic like company. Like, he, they are huge. They are in Gilroy, California. He's literally the biggest grower and distributor in the United States out of Gilroy, California. And I knew this immediately because Gilroy Garlic Festival. You drive through and you just know that that is, as soon as we start talking about garlic in California, I go, Gilroy's got to come in here. And they do. So Christopher Ranch is kind of just like, you guys, no big deal. Like, don't worry about it. Like, shh, like, like, don't report that, blah, blah, blah. And they're all like, the fuck? Like, you of all people are actually probably suffering the most from this. He wasn't pissed. Do you know why? Because he's part of it. He was buying the garlic. He was buying all the garlic. And he was making an absolute killing as as the middleman because there were no import taxes or anything. Uh, And this is peeled garlic. So, uh remember when that just didn't exist? Uh And then suddenly it It was just... And it's great, to be honest. Yeah. And they're just these packages. And you're like, oh, wow, I could buy one clove of garlic for, I don't know, 78 cents a dollar or I could buy a whole pack of peeled garlic one brand is going to cost seven dollars and the other Mm -hmm. brand's going to cost two dollars yeah and you're like well this makes sense so the majority that he was buying was obviously peeled and you're probably wondering 
How could it be sold so incredibly cheaply? Prison labor. Fuck. Chinese prison labor. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, an investor and like wholesaler who was in the garlic business who was like, this is fishy. I'm like really into this, like very in-depth sting action these farmers and growers did. So he went to go toward the prison in China. And this is like trigger warning for how like, like really intense and gross this is. So he saw like all these prisoners that were in this like one tiny small room peeling garlic for like over 12 hours a day. And in order to peel the garlic, they you put the head of garlic in water and then you peel it that way so it comes like it com- comes out quicker. And they're doing pounds, pounds of it a day, which and I'm sure their fingers are also raw from it. It not just raw. So it's deteriorating their like literal fingers and their skin. So they've lost their all their fingernails. It's exposed bones, and the fingers are like inches shorter in length. Okay, so never buying pill garlic again. No. And now to the next part. So when their fingers are literally like to the nub, they I know, I know it's like really hard. I tried to, I was like, it's really gross. When they couldn't do that anymore because their fingers are just like not working, they all started getting pacifier mouth, which is what like when your teeth, mm-hmm. your front teeth specifically like they jut, jut out, out at yeah. an angle because yeah. you're sucking a pacifier. Yeah, they my- have cousin started getting because she sucked her thumb for a long time yeah i ended up on um pacifier teeth tiktok with like women who are in their like early 30s who like still suck their yeah, thumb she kind of still does but like i don't like using the term broke her of it but like it's yeah. still her comfort thing that she yeah. goes back to i mean as somebody who has unhealthy coping mechanisms for comfort like i get it yeah. if you can still like function on a daily basis and like your quality of life is you're happy with your quality she of life is. suck it literally so again if it's you whatever so they got pacifier mouth because they then start having to do it with their mouth i hate this story i know so like similarly to like you tie a cherry like yeah so they're using their mouth and it's literally wrecking their teeth so this guy got videos of all of this in the prison Harmony got pissed about this because they sent this obviously to the government. And so then Harmony Spices countersued all the farmers and accused them of a RICO Act violation, which is like racketeering influence of corrupt organizations. It's like the mob. Yeah, it's like what they implemented in the 70s, like for the mob to like prevent like uh, laundering bribes, coercion, blackmail and extortion. There's like no grounds of that. But like you're a large corporation suing a group of people who came together to like not even sue you, but alert the government. So it was big mm-hmm. retaliation. So uh, that was all in 2016. But then by 2020, the growers didn't get, they didn't get sued. Harmony dropped their accusations. But all this garlic is still being totally like dumped in the United States. Like it, nothing has changed in that sense. So Netflix has this series called Rotten and there's an episode on it titled Garlic Breath about this and they've finally like made this all public and now Christopher Ranch is threatening a lawsuit and in the episode they noted that like Harmony denied the allegations of using prison labor and even working with Christopher Ranch they said it like last June the U.S. Department of Commerce ruled in Harmony's favor of the complaint and said that a judge said that the wholesalers video of the prisons in in China were insufficient to warrant blocking Harmony's shipments to the United States. I hate this whole fucking story. I know. And it's disgusting. And I feel so bad for those inmates. Yeah. It's fucked. I mean, to even if that doesn't, like, deter anybody, 
I'm like so anti pre-chopped pre like lots of these things. Like if you have like mobility, like mobility issues and um, that is like helpful for you, like totally go for it. But purely based on a cooking and flavor profile standpoint, it's you're spending usually a lot more money for and like a, a, a just a shittier product. So for anybody who's going to be sad to be getting rid of their peeled garlic, peeled garlic has just like way less flavor. I know it's just easier it's, yeah but it's way now easier. knowing this it's not easier no and also one of the things that is helpful in prepping things that like feel like really daunting and like way too tedious is taking a bunch out all at one time and then putting it in a plastic bag yourself and putting it in a, free- a freezer or something like that but i'm like not shocked at all i'd have never like i've literally never even like thought about buying peeled Garlic, I don't know if I've ever even seen Christopher Ranch. Like every time I've looked at it, it's been like so expensive. And it was just something that like wasn't even on my radar. But then Trader Joe's started having peeled garlic. All these places started having peeled mm-hmm. garlic. And I remember like not seeing it that much growing up. Yeah, I, it was a new thing. Like mm-hmm. in the last few years, I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is heaven sent because I love garlic. I'm the type of person that puts like, yeah fresh garlic and then garlic powder and garlic the granules like I love mm-hmm. garlic so now that I you know go this to the Gilroy festival it's yeah, so yeah. hot there um yeah sounds like a blast I can just have my own festival in my kitchen yeah but thank you for sharing that no you're not wrong also I want to fact check myself Todd Chrisley is Chrisley knows oh, bets and then Chris Chrisley was the governor of New Jersey. No. Yeah. New Jersey. Oh, you could have told me that those are the same. You would have told me that Todd Christie was the governor of New Jersey. And I would have believed you because I still don't believe his accent's real. He's from the South. No, I know. But I'm saying he could have been putting that on. And he oh. was like, it's like like a doctor, a reverse, like a Dr. Oz. There's so thing. many people that I know that sound like him. Oh, I need to add Dr. Oz to my list. Oh, I my forgot. God. Yeah. Constantly. But yeah, this is just a word of caution to anyone. If something is like incredibly cheap. That's because someone else is is paying for it. And, you know, we're obviously in a recession and not everybody has money, like uh, tons of like free money to spend on things. But I'm a big proponent of, and I've said this so many times, but it's not about, it's about what you consume, but it's more about how you consume it. And so whether that comes to like fast fashion, food, like anything, it's important to know like where, how the things are made, like who's paying for them, what like the cost of these things are and like what's a livable wage in this area and then how like how much should this individual item cost like by that extent and if you can't afford something that is like ethically backed and you know is providing like affordable and like livable wages for people then that's I I don't know I, I personally don't fault people who I don't fault poor people for being poor and not being able to have access to things that are like, again, like when you don't have necessarily the most livable wage, it's really hard for you to spend money on things that yeah. include someone else's livable wage. Um, but then it's just like, oh, OK, so I'm not going to like go overboard with this. I'm going to buy this when I need or I'm going to try and find it like an alternative that fits more within my budget. And uh, I'm more aligned with like the ethos of that. But I'm also like not going to like beat myself up and like deprive myself of like necessities mm-hmm. for this. There's like lots of extremes in in that in that genre of like of when it comes to that argument. So I think that like, you know, finding a middle ground that like doesn't deprive you, but also like you can sleep at night <laughs> is like important. Yeah. So 
Disgusting. Absolutely. Absolutely disgusting. All right, let's take a break now. Woo! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is brought to you by... A sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating, hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. 
Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like... <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is 
your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're back from our break. Hi. Time for, but are you wrong? And that's when y'all write in and share, you know, situations in your lives that you may have been wrong in. Um, If you would like to participate in this, this is the only time you get participation points in life from me. I'm a big proponent Um, of participation That's why I said from me. Well, just know that you all get a ribbon in my eyes. (laughs) So you can uh, write into butamiwrongpod at gmail.com and keep it to 300 words or less include keep it tight. <laughs> include names if no. you can I can oh I sorry finish? I took an Adderall <laughs> early include names if you change the person's actual name and ages as well and uh pronouns if you would like so here we go Whee! that was New level. (laughs) My ex-boyfriend and I, she, her, both 24, broke up about a year ago. We dated for three years and got a dog, Sage, together. After he moved out, Sage stayed with me. My ex soon started dating someone else and got a new puppy, Marble, with them. (laughs) Initially, we kept in touch and dog-sitted each other's dogs a couple of times. After I realized that I didn't like how he treated me during our relationship, I decided to minimize our contact. Since then, we've had around five brief conversations on matters like returning keys and stuff. He usually asked about my work and about Sage. He also asked for photos of Sage and sent photos of Marble in return. Although I didn't feel completely comfortable during these conversations, it was nice to see Marble in pictures. She was a sweet dog, and I really love dogs in general. A couple of days ago, I got a text from my ex's mother saying that Marble had died. She wrote that my ex is very sad and that it might cheer him up for a bit if I asked him to dog sit Sage if I went somewhere without her. I replied that I would try to make it work if I could. Three hours later, she also sent two pictures of Sage and Marble playing. I am actually planning to move to a different country for grad school in two months. It is a big change, so the plan was to leave Sage with my mom for six months and to move her after. Am I wrong for being mad at my ex's mom for sending me those pictures? Am I wrong for not wanting to ask my ex to dog sit Sage? No, I thought, (laughs) I think it's weird that the mom even reached out. Like, I understand that, you know, we're sad when we lose special people or pets in our lives, but like, the mom reaching out seems like an overstep to me on behalf like if the ex did it maybe it would be okay but like you've already said that you've stopped contacting with them because you didn't like the way that they treated you so like I don't think the the mom should have said anything to you it's uh, that crossed a boundary maybe you hadn't set a boundary with the mom but you had set a boundary with the ex-boyfriend yeah like have you talked to her in the last year right like that's just a little weird to me weird i also it is weird to me that you i don't know maybe you haven't spoken 
in months because like you said, like you talked five, you broke up a year ago. You've like talked five times about like returning keys and stuff. I would assume that that's not over the course of a year. That's probably like the first like two months or something like that. But I mean, I don't think you are wrong for being like mad for like sending those uh, pictures. But at the same time, I'm also kind of like, I think it's more like manip, like it's just kind of like manipulative and like annoying. Uh So I think it's just, I don't know. This sounds mean, but like, I do think it's kind of just like a very um, transparently uh, pathetic kind of thing for his mom to do, whether it's coming from him through his mom or if it's just like from her end. Like, it's just like fucking weird. Yeah. But uh, I don't think you're wrong at all for not wanting him, not wanting to ask him to dog sit Sage because I don't think you would get the dog back. I think you'd get the dog back, but I don't think that. I just think it's. I just think it's weird. I don't. I don't have when you like realize like you really don't like how he treated you, and then six months like there are like people who like have left their pet not to get make you nervous, but there are people who like left pets with their parents for six months, and their parents are like, oh, but I love it. Please don't. Please don't. And that's someone who like actually cares about you, but like when it's someone who like you realize you really don't like how they've treated you. Like, why would I trust you to do, like, to follow through on your word with something like that? Yeah. Go to a dog park. He can go to a dog park, park, play with some dogs there. Yeah. Also, is he still with the ex-girlfriend? Like, is it their dog or is it just his dog? It's, the way it was worded, it sounded like it was their dog, but I was like, that's so soon to be getting a dog with somebody. And like for his mom to- And then having play dates and then, yeah. Yeah. It feels like the mom wants y'all to get back together. That's what it sounds like to me. Feels like the mom wants him to like have a baby so then she can have something to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. I'm just like really over this like co-parenting dogs thing. Me too. It seems it's weird. I know that, you know, when people are writing in or calling in to us, it's because it's an issue. No one's like sharing their good news about yeah. things. But it just doesn't seem like anyone has had a good time with trying to co-parent a dog. No. And like I, I, I've said this before, but like I know people who got like who got a dog while they were in a relationship and it wasn't like, oh, we got this together. It was like one person got it and then the other partner really bonded to the dog mm-hmm. and they broke up and it was like heartbreaking for them. But they were like, I know what's best is like I should I should give the dog to this the part this like my ex-partner like this would just mean so much to them. Blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm sure they would love to see the dog. Like, I'm sure they would love to. But A, that would be hard on that relationship between them. Like, there's a reason why they broke up. And also, like, that's really hard for the person to, like, see the dog again. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I don't know. It's like emotional teasing. Like, it's just not, just not it. Like, either stay together, (laughs) stay together for the dog, (laughs) or just, like, break up and go your own separate ways yeah your own separate doggy ways can you imagine the dog is there just being like can you guys not like my divorced (laughs) parents uh all right your turn okay hi m&m love the pod and this is my first time writing in hello i early 20s she they have been friends with lucy mid 20s she her for almost 10 years now throughout our time together we've both shared similar opinions on politics and human rights What came as a surprise was the other day. I mentioned someone who had not been respecting pronouns, and Lucy said, I mean, I kind of get her. 
I asked what she meant, and Lucy said that she was annoyed that a random worker used they, them pronouns for her, seemingly in a not paying attention way, not in a trying to be woke PC way. So she corrected them. I get that everyone wants to be referred to with the correct pronouns, but it seemed weird that in this instance it would have set her off, especially because she's a cis woman who has never questioned her gender identity, as well as presents pretty femininely. Lucy went on to say how they would feel if she had called them she instead of they. That left a sour taste in my mouth. I guess in the past six months, I've seen some seemingly minor things that she's done that I've shrugged off, but now I feel weird talking to her and associating myself with her. Would I be wrong if I slowly try to distance myself from her? Maybe I'm just overreacting and it isn't a big deal, but it makes me question how she views me, my pronouns, and my gender identity, as well as people in general. I'd love your opinions on this. Stay safe, mask up, and continue to do what you two wonderful people have been doing for so long. Oh, thank you. I <laughs> I think it's super, super, I don't know. I get red flags when cis het people get upset when people use they pronoun, they uh-huh. them pronouns for them. It's just like really fucking weird because I'm like, in the if two years ago, you had never noticed. Mm-hmm. You literally, and to be fair, probably in the exact conversations happened before. Yeah. And you haven't noticed. Like, it, I don't think you're wrong at all for having this leave a bad taste in your mouth. Like, this is, this is icky. Like, it's, it is an indicator of like something bigger. And especially <laughs> because like, you're equating like, well, how would they feel if I used she pronouns for them? And it's like, but anyone can be like, they, them is the, it's it's a, it's a non-gender. Yeah. That's the point is that, and you do get called that all the time, whether you realize it or not, when you don't know, like in a group of people, you say they, Mm -hmm. or someone who's like, Oh, they left their scarf here. I don't know. Oh, like, it's just like you say it all the fucking time and to equate like this just gives me turf energy. Like yeah. this is something that JK Rowling would like mm-hmm. be like, you're taking away my womanhood mm-hmm. by referring to me as like with they them pronouns. What? No. Yeah. It's worse than people that say, oh, I don't do pronouns. Actually, no, probably. They're probably worse. Never mind. I'll take that back. Well, that's just also that one's a little more puzzling to yeah, me because I'm like, so how so do you who, talk? I would love to read some of your English essays because usually when they say that there's three or four pronouns in the sentence of them saying that I mm-hmm. don't do pronouns. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I also like, I don't know. You you said that there have been minor things that you've shrugged off, but like this to me is just like, yeah, it's sometimes it's those those minor things like. Okay, they said that, but it like, okay, it's like one thing after another after another, and then you show who you really are. And it's kind of, it's a snowball effect. Yeah, if they were, if they were really minor, innocuous things, you wouldn't be connecting the dots yeah. at this point. Like they weren't, they, they stuck in your brain for a reason. Like some it, people have bad takes on things, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll call them out, sometimes I don't, because I'm like, maybe that just isn't their full character, but then when they keep having those bad takes on things and, and they show who they actually are, then that's when 
you distance yourself as you're doing and you're not wrong because you want to do that. Yeah. No, you're not wrong at all. I, I and just to get ahead of anybody who's like, well, you should have a conversation with them and like find. No, they have the conversation. No, no, but like have but a like, conversation. Like, do you feel how do you feel about my pronouns and my gender identity? You like, shouldn't no, do the emotional labor. No, 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 no. Like your gut is like nobody feels like they should distance themselves like from a close friend of 10 years without like reason like Mm -hmm. so like go with your gut in this and um you're so not wrong yeah let's take a break Next Your one. turn. This one starts really aggressive. I was like, there was like a, I mean, we're going to edit I, out the pause, but yeah, I was yeah. just like, there's no, a no, lot no. of lead up. The thing is, I was looking at the spreadsheet instead of looking at my sheet that I make yeah, separately. Yeah, look at your sheet because I'm about to change this color. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bitches. Very oh, aggressive. Oh my God. Hi. We prefer cunts, but whatever. It's okay. I'll take bitches. Better yeah. than girlies. Oh God. Or gals. I don't mind gal because my grandmother would call us gals. Yeah, but so. I don't know how old these people are. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, eat yeah. their potatoes, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, gals doesn't hit me as hard as girlies does. Yeah, girlies makes me feel like you're pitching MLM. Gals uh-huh. to me just makes it feel like you're like my toxic theater teacher. Okay. Guys and gals, sit down. Hey, bitches. I am 26 years old. Pronouns she, her. In college, I matched with this guy on Tinder and we met up a couple times to hang out. We never slept together. After about a month, we would make plans like, let's hang out on Saturday, but there would never be any details about what time and where. He would then ghost me and wouldn't hang out, only to text me the next day with some excuse. This became a pattern, so I called him out on it and we stayed talking, but I never made plans to really see him again. Flash forward to now, we moved away from our college town and ended up matching again a couple of weeks ago. We pretty much immediately planned a date for the last weekend. All last weekend, I had a horrible migraine, relatable, so I couldn't drive to go to dinner. I let him know that and he was understanding. We planned another date for the next weekend on Sunday, today as I'm writing this. After texting with him for the last week, he has fully given me the ick, saying he wants to date but only talks in innuendos. When he found out I'm bi, asked if I'd be down for a threesome. I'm smarter than that and can tell he just wants to hook up. Am I wrong for ghosting him today as a little bit of a payback for what he did to me in college? I'm not someone who ghosts and as two women who ghost and are never wrong, I need reassurance or for you to tell me I'm being a dick. Thank you. You both are two of my faves and never wrong. Thank you. All right, so no, you're not wrong. And here's why. He gave you the ick. Like, if somebody gives you the ick, if somebody is uh, fetishizing you too, if someone who, you know, habitually ghosted you in the past anyway without no real excuse, I don't think you're being a dick. I think you're watching out for your own well-being and fuck this dude. I think you'd be wrong if you didn't ghost him. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, this is your duty to ghost him. Like, he's gross and a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. 
besides, like, like you said, like, it, he's fetishizing you. He gave you the ick. If it was just one of those, it's still your duty to ghost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, he just did all this. Like, we all know when you're talking to someone like, no, I want to date. And you're like, no, I, what? I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing to me more insulting than me being like, you think that I don't know you're lying? Like, yep. excuse me? Me? You think you think you can lie to me? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to know? And I'm not going to smell your bullshit? Like, no. Yeah. No hard pass. And you're talking to people who I've ghosted for much. I ghosted a guy who went to uh, Harvard. Big red flag. <laughs> Big red flag. Did he talk about going to Harvard all the time? Well, it's actually a prerequisite. Yeah. Going to Harvard. They're like, are you going to be like an insufferable piece of shit? And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, yes, I will. And they're like, welcome to Harvard. Except for one of my best friends, Jake. He's not insufferable, but he did grad school. So it's yeah, different. Yeah, it's different. It's very different. Um, and I like, yeah, I've like ghost. I, it was just like, it was just like too much and like giving me the, just the ick. And it's, you, I think hot take. I don't think this is that hot, but I think like the ick is something that like we as like women have come up with for that like indescribable feeling that a man specifically gives you that you can't put your finger on, but like it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And it's like a... It's your intuition. Yeah, it's like a funny, goofy way to say something that's like, maybe your intuition is like, <laughs> like talking to you in like a friend way. Like, hey, girly, like you might be in, unsafe in this situation. Uh -huh. Like it is like... It's a security block on a computer. Exactly. But it's like done in a way that it's like, hey, bestie, mm -hmm. in, in to be like, not to totally freak you out. And so like, we manifest it in the way of being like, ugh, like I don't... Ugh. And it's like, no, it's actually probably a little bit more sinister than yeah. that. But like our brains are just like, shh, it's okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's just make it like this. Let me like make you notice like the way he like licks his teeth or something. That's like this is probably indicating of like something bigger. So yeah, no. I just this man is most likely like over 26. And he is out here finding out that women are bi and that his response being asking for a threesome. Right. Has he left his mom's basement? <sighs> Yeah, no. so immature. So like, <laughs> like women only exist in video games. Right. Okay, you're a ton. Okay, Megan and Melissa. Yes, <laughs> my 24 female, she, her fiance, 24 male, he, him, and I have been together for eight years. We are happy, and our wedding is fast approaching, and everything is going great. Is it? Because you're writing into <laughs> us. The one thing that keeps bothering me is that when my fiance, let's call him Steve tries to do special surprises for me. He, so he somehow always ends up making me assist him and that doesn't feel special anymore. For example, he's going to the store to get me some of my favorite snacks and it's a sweet gesture, but then he will end up calling me and asking me where they are in the store. I really appreciate the kind gesture, but it feels less sweet when I feel like I am doing the heavy lifting for a surprise that's supposed to be for me. It just ends up making me feel super disappointed and more frustrated than if he just did nothing. Or like if he's trying to do something nice but can't get it done for some reason, he still tells me about it and what he was going to do. And then I just don't know how to feel after that because I'd prefer him to not tell me about it at all. So am I wrong for wanting to tell my fiance to not ask me for help when he's trying to surprise me or do a nice gesture and or please just don't tell me if he couldn't make it happen? By the way, I'm in Aries and he is a cancer Gemini cusp. Thanks. Keep making amazing content. We will. I read this one and I was like, Megan's going to pick this. And I, as soon as I read this, I go, she left yeah, this for me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, no, you're not wrong at all. This to me is just like, there's like two, <laughs> two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Are you talking about the Robert Frost Yeah, poem? what's that? The road less taken. Not a yellow road. It's not yellow. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of yellow brick road. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mixing things up. It's like there's one song I used to always try and sing and no matter what, it would always turn into the Fairly Odd Parents theme song. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Great show. Fantastic show. I might watch that after I finish. Uh, that would take me a while because that lasted forever, mm-hmm. didn't it? There's a live action. I know. I, oh, I watched it. Oh, I know Vicky. Oh, cool. Icky Vicky. Icky Vicky. I think there are like two options here. One is um, your fiance is pretty incompetent as an adult and like kind of fucking sucks. And this is like foreshadowing that you are going to be the in charge of your household. And if you want to have future kids, but even just like household maintenance, like everything like you are going to be carrying the like emotional load and planning and all of that stuff. And that's like a, ooh, that's not a good sign. Or he is someone who like, the communication between the two of you is off and he's not doing this in a manipulative way to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm like over promising and under delivering. It's like a genuine, oh, I'm really excited. I want to tell you this thing, but it didn't work. Or he like is scared of you and (laughs) wants to make sure that he's getting exactly what you want. Yeah, that that I mean, it could be, but I think that's like, that's more of a joke. But that like lumps into the second one where it's like, it's like, he's thinking that like the 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 gesture it's important for you to know that he was thinking about you and he wanted you to do this and so he doesn't want it to like it just because it didn't like work out like he still wants you to know that because for him it might be like if it was the roles were reversed like for me like if Mots was like oh my god I was thinking I'm doing the same for you but I forgot I wouldn't be annoyed. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you being annoyed. I can totally see that perspective. I've been like, oh my gosh, that's like really sweet. Like, I appreciate that. Like, it's nice to know that you were thinking about me, even if it like didn't work out. But I totally understand where it's like, well, why would you tell me that? And like, get my hopes up about something or whatever it is. I think that like that to me is honestly the more likely thing. Like, you said you're happy. I don't know. I want to give them, I want to give you like the benefit of the doubt, mostly because your wedding is fast approaching. So I think like the important thing is like, he would be, you're not wrong for wanting to tell him this at all, but I think you would be wrong if you infer intent behind what he's doing. But then I think he would be wrong if he doesn't take what you say into like consideration. Cause like the only, how we operate with like the people in our lives is like what we would want to happen to us and like what we would want to do. And like, that's just our default because we're the only like lived experience we have. And so it is important for other people to share what they like and dislike. And that's, we take that into other relationships after that. Mm-hmm. And so if he doesn't take that in, I think that's a big red flag. And then it's probably the early op- earlier option. But if he does and he adjusts it, like it's not wrong to ask, but I think no, take out any like inference about like he's doing this for this reason that would piss you off because- it might be the exact opposite. Like this might, if you did all of this to him, he might be like, oh my gosh, like I'm feeling so loved and like taken care of and all of that. It's just, these are both different love languages exist. Yeah. yeah, I personally don't like surprises, but if somebody's going to surprise me, I want it to be an actual surprise and not you talking about a surprise. Mm-hmm. So I would prefer him to keep it to himself. <laughs> if like it doesn't work out, don't tell me. Like you can save whatever that idea is for another time. Like put that energy into something else. Or if you're at the grocery store and you're getting something for me, 
don't call me. It takes the same amount of energy for you to ask yeah. somebody that worked there where it is. Like, why are you calling me? Yeah, that's weaponizing confidence. Also, yeah. like, if you need like a double check and you want it to be perfect, like, come home, take a picture of the fucking snack, go through the garbage, mm -hmm. or like grab three of them, or like know that like if you don't grab the exact one, that like it's still fine, and then right. you'll do better the next time. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely depends on what the surprises are because like I'm someone who. If you're going to, like, whisk me off to somewhere, like... See, I like to I emotionally and mentally prepare for things. Yeah. But then there are certain surprises that I want. But then there are other times where, like, Mons has been like, oh, my gosh, I like, was going to get us tickets to this, like, a movie in the park. And it was already sold out. Like, I'm so bummed. And then my... like, And he's like, but I found one for, like, next weekend exactly. we could do. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so fun. Let's look it up and, mm -hmm. like, see that. And then it's exciting. But I think, like, if it's like, hey, I was going to get you, um, like, a... A giant diamond bracelet, but then it didn't. I looked at my bank account and I didn't yeah, have the money. That's, not, that's like you were what? never going to get that to begin yeah. with. There wasn't the possibility of you being able to get it. Yeah, just don't tell me. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Write in your diary, post it on Reddit. I'm sure there's there's a subreddit for everything. I'm sure there's a subreddit of like men just circle jerking uh, off. They're like almost done tasks yeah. for their partner. Yeah, gotta be. Okay, now it's time for but are they wrong? And that's when we nominate somebody in the world, in pop culture, in the news, that is just the wrong of the week, a.k.a. Rachel of the week. So since we did take a couple weeks off, both of us kind of have a list. I have like, I think, four honorable mentions and then my actual one. Yeah, we've both got our own individual burn book. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to run through mine. First of all, Dr. Oz always a Rachel of the Week, but specifically from 1989 to 2010, Dr. Oz, the Republican <laughs> Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, also from New Jersey. Yeah. You know what? Oprah, I love you, but you've picked some bad ones. Oprah, first of all, that's not her fault. Blame her producer or someone. She had him on her show repeatedly. And then gave him his own show. I know. The numbers spoke for themselves. Women in the United States are incredibly fat phobic. And he pandered to that, especially in the Weight Watchers, like, mm -hmm. diet culture era. Yeah. And I think he probably just had a really good fucking publicist. Yeah. But trigger warning for animal abuse. He inflicted suffering on a on killing over 300 dogs, 31 fuck? pigs, and 661 rabbits and rodents during a time that he was a principal investigator at Columbia University Lab. How many years? 89 to 2010. So is he claiming this is under, like, animal testing? Yeah, but he or broke... like, teaching? Because I think they're, like... A quota, like they're not there, quotas, he got that fined like a for it. This, yeah, this article doesn't talk about it, but I saw it in another article that he did get fined for it, but it was only like two thousand dollars, it wasn't even that much. Yikes! So that's number one. I'm just going through quick ones. Literally, so then, as you're talking, I'm coming up with more. Okay, and then we've got uh Dylan McDonald. And it was this white man that climbed on the roof of my hometown church and threatened to burn it down because black people went there. He's being charged with terroristic threatening, public intoxication, and criminal trespassing. How high is the church? Like the It's not that big. Like, it's a story. Like, not only is that problematic, but it's also, like, so embarrassing. Yeah. 
Like, get off of there. Mm-hmm. You fucking racist. Yes. And then we've got Lance Wano. He is the pastor of a church in Texas that said that an ex-sex worker makes anointed cakes that turn gay men straight. He also bills himself as a Christian consultant whose website said that he helped get President Donald Trump elected with his book, God's Chaos Candidate. What are anointed cakes? Prayed upon, like cakes that were prayed on. Anointed. anointed it's mean? like a prayer. Like you've been anointed to do something. Like so he, you're a gift. It's like a gift prayer. So sex workers have anoint. So the specific ex-sex worker. Oh, has only baked, one. Yes, has made cakes that have been anointed by God to make gay men straight. I wonder what she's putting in those. Because truly, when you first said that, I thought it was this man thinks that sex workers have like holy asses that will turn gay mm-hmm. men straight. And I was like, a pastor is using thing. the word cakes? Probably. The same. <laughs> I, was, I see what you mean now. I was just like, holy I see shit, what you mean how now. old is that? I was surprised. Yes, I, okay. I get you now. A, leg- a literal cake. Yes. Wow. I went, how, did, how did he know? How does he know this? Mm-hmm. Personal experience? Uh-huh. All right. And then we've got my last one is Jody Green, a North Carolina sheriff who, who is accused of calling his own deputies black bastards, vowing to clean house and be done with it. Green is alleged to have made offensive comments in 2019 during a dispute over the election that installed him into office and the target of his words were a group of black deputies whom he thought remained loyal to Green's predecessor, Lewis Hatcher, who was black. He denied it, but there's a recording of him saying it. That sounds like a like a violent threat. Yeah. That's alarming. Yep. And then here's my actual one. I, I wore my shirt, but if you're looking at the video, it says Whoopik Sui. This is in honor of this. Um, if, and if you didn't know, I'm an alumni of the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, and this is in honor of that. So, Doug Ramsey. I don't trust anyone named Doug. No. Kamala's husband's named Doug, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. And the cartoon. But Doug Funny. There are few Dougs. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. I feel like Doug is usually... Doug's usually a good... Doug's usually... So, I think the Dougs should boot whoever this is out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he has been operating as the chief of Beyond Meat since December. Uh-oh. He was previously... Because I was like... What's the connection here? Why why would I be wearing this shirt? He previously worked at Tyson Foods, which, if you don't know, is located in my hometown of Springdale, Arkansas. Um, that's where the headquarters is. So um, he is now the CEO of Beyond Meat, and he was arrested a couple weeks ago after after an Arkansas Razorback football game for biting a man's nose in the parking garage. So he allegedly punched through the back windshield of a Subaru after it made contact. A Subaru? After it made contact with the front tire of Ramsey's car. The Subaru owner got out the car and Ramsey allegedly started punching him and bit his nose, ripping the flesh on the tip, according to the report. The victim and a witness also alleged that Ramsey told Subaru owner that he would kill him. So he has been arrested for terroristic threatening and third degree battery. Is he on PCP? I also thought you said and a witness. At first I thought you said Anna Wintour. And I was like, Anna Wintour? 
was at the game. <laughs> my brain so, just like fills like, in like, you know, I'm not anti-vegetarian or no, vegan, but, uh, oh, that is a but like, maybe the chemicals in this fake meat, maybe have like a real, pe- maybe go back to Tyson and get like some actual chicken. Yeah, maybe eat some protein, <laughs> buddy. Protein. Why eating Why people? people? <laughs> and also, like, I know exactly because there's only one parking garage that's <laughs> right there at the stadium. And if you're leaving a game, like, it's going to take you forever to get out. So, like, have some patience. So that means cars are around to watch you. Yes. But, like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you on? Yeah. Because if you are high on your own supply... I'm canceling beyond me. <laughs> I'm already not eating it, but like, what the fuck? That is, there's like nothing actually po- as poetic as someone who's like running a vegan, like vegetarian company mm-hmm. and biting a human mammal. Yes. And that's the funny flat. part of it for me. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that these niches you fall down <laughs> into. Mine are much more like they're they're way less niche, mostly because um I was sick for two weeks. So and I was like very deep on the one subreddit and I was like <laughs> See, I don't get my news from from Reddit. Oh my god, that's the difference. When I get I, my entertainment, but not news. When I tell you, I was like, I mean, I wasn't like, you know, one of the people who was in the Reddit like finding things and posting shit, but I just want to say. Lily and Lily and Jesse were like, come on the podcast and like do all the and I was like, nah, I'm gonna pass. But they you I was the source. I was the source. And they were like, so then there's this Did post on Red. You? No, I told them I was like, you can call me an unnamed source. And then afterwards I was like, should have gone. I should have said they could credit me. Um, but they would like literally kept being like, and then there was this post on Reddit, and I'm like, this from me. I'm the one sending all of these. Okay, so first wrong of the week, Adam Levine. Obviously, not shocked. A man who as someone had said, he looks like uh, like a Trader Joe's bag with his tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we shocked? I've been the number one hater of the Adam Levine and Maroon 5 Club. You have been for, for years. No, when I tell you since like middle school, I've hated. So I've always disliked him. And um, so he is definitely one of the week. But I will say a honorable mention in that category for every single person who talks about Hollywood. Like, this is just how Hollywood goes. Everyone's in open relationships. Like when you date a rock star, of course, he's seeing all of this up. And that's not a thing. He's also not Hollywood. Also, can we please stop calling Maroon 5, like Adam Levine, the frontman of Maroon 5, a rock star? Like hop off that skinny dick. Mm-hmm. Like stop. Do not. Like th- th- this is everyone else. Why, why did you tell him that he was a rock star? He just sings in falsetto on like soundtracks for the last song, which is like wonderful. But like, no, I mean, granted, I think she's saying, I don't think he ever sang it in there. But like, no. I mean, I, he has some bobs. I will I will give him that. Like, I like some of his music. My dad likes a lot of his music, but like. <laughs> I can't stand him. There's just something about but him. him. Him as a person, disgusting. Yeah. Also, what about the rest of them? What, so he's maroon about the five. the five. How are the five doing? Right. Do you think they have like a support group with the flats of Rascal and the? Maybe. I think they should. So my next up is. <laughs> I was a former friend of the podcast. Well. Wasn't it? I mean, acquaintance. Former acquaintance. Former guy. Uh, Ned. 
Can we, just in case people didn't see your tweet, can I just? You can. That tweeted numbers. Yeah. The, uh. I was on H3's podcast. That tweet was. Great. I love it. So if you um, look at uh, the title when Ned was on. On Don't Blame Me. The title of the episode is called Dating a Married Guy. Someone asked, they're like, was this a brand new, like, did you just do this no. to me? First of all, look at that thumbnail. You think I made that thumbnail in 2022? Right. You think that is not very of the time? So when, I, so all this stuff happened. 2018 is when that episode came out. Yeah. Just to be clear. Did I say 2016? No, you said, do you think I made that oh, okay. in 2022? Yeah. No, it came out in 2018. And it, I mean, I feel like I don't even want to like give like a breakdown. Well, you, I can, if you want like an in-depth like analysis of like he cheated on his wife with an employee. You can check out Jesse and Lily's podcast. Do we know them? It's great. I will say if I had been on there, I definitely been able to give them a little bit more insight to certain things. Okay. But I denied it. I was like, no, I'm not going to go. It's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. Fine. You were also uh, sick. You were recovering. I know. And I was like, I we did don't a live know what would have came out of your mouth. I, I, I also did a live stream with Jesse because Lily couldn't do it. And it just really sick too. Jesse was like, what is, where are you? And I was like, in my house? She goes, you're in like three pixels. And I was like, yeah. She was like, you're recording this on a potato. And everybody was very nice about it. But like, I made me order an ethernet cord. So uh, the, I've been like very up to date on all the fucking Reddit shit, like seeing everything. Like it is just... It's wild, but I would check out their video if you want to hear all of it. I think as soon as everything happened, like the first thing that came in my mind, I was like, oh my God, he was on our podcast, like wild. And you know what? This might've been some of my intuition, but when, cause we had to pick a episode to go out that week and I almost picked it and it would have been out before everything broke. And I almost picked it. We also did then discuss afterwards, like, mm-hmm. should we put that one out? We're like, no. And then you put the Keith one out, which is like, good compromise. (laughs) But so I knew we had him on the podcast, obviously. And as soon as all this happened, like, that's like what came to my mind. And I was like, whoa. And then people like were responding to like my tweets. I like tweeted about like, you know, I'm wishing nothing but the best for Ariel. Uh, I was like, wish nothing but money and happiness for her. And people were like, oh my God, he was on the podcast. Like, can you believe? And I'm like, I know. And it wasn't until Jesse sent me a screenshot from like a reply on her Twitter going, Oh my God. And I open it and it's a screenshot of like the podcast with Ned, the video version. And I like don't really think anything of it until I read it. And it says cheated. No, it says um, dating a married man. Guy. Dating a married guy. And I had no idea that that was the title of the fucking episode. And I forgot about it. And I'm just going to say. I know there are all those BuzzFeed people who are like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. First of all, I've seen so many people who are like, oh, that's so bad. Like you should have like, these people weren't surprised. Like they should have been telling Ariel, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't think people understand how like bosses work. And also like, if you have a bad feeling that someone's like not a good guy and then you're going to like go what to like, I think people have proof. Well, also people think about it like really black and white of being like, (laughs) like the world is this just like very fair and equal place where you have a bad vibes about like a guy that your boss who you work with and you don't like your boss. And so then you should go to your boss's wife and tell him or like, oh yeah. Like no one is saying that like, yeah, I saw him cheat on his wife like Mm -hmm. every single day. But even if that was the case, you're going to go report your boss to their wife, like, and risk your job and your livelihood. Like, no, this is not how the world fucking works. But the, um, all the BuzzFeed people being like, not totally surprised by this. When you watch that Don't Blame Me episode back, and we both did, 
Oof. Some may say it aged like milk. I think it aged like cheese. It aged. It a is tart. It's as if we knew. Mm-hmm. And like I, my entire birth chart, every part of my birth chart says, bitch, you're psychic. And I'm like, what do I do with that? Like, how do I do this? And it's like the universe every day. I'm like, so this is like, cool, whatever. Like I get to be like, mm, my intuition knew first. But like, I would like to be able to harness it for like mm-hmm. my powers for good mm-hmm. and like more timely matters. But it's absolutely wild. Um, so he is very, very much nominated for uh, Woad of the Week. And I'm hoping nothing but the best for Ariel and their children and Will, who is the uh, ex-fiance of Alex, the employee. They broke up? Yep. He's the one who posted the screenshots of the text uh, oh. on on Reddit. Oh. He's the one who broke it. Oh. Yeah, from an from a anonymous account. I didn't know that part. Wow. An anonymous account that he posted the screenshots of the DMs and everybody's like, how do like, and then when people finally, it clicked, which it is kind of like, it took me a second to realize it too, because you realize like, oh, the DMs are coming from like, those his color. And you're like, oh, wow. So yeah. Next up, I'd like to nominate Lena Dunham, enemy of the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) She's been a long time enemy. Long time enemy. Holy fucking shit. Holy fucking shit. I wish that Lena Dunham was like a character written by Shonda Rhimes. Like desperately, I wish she would like this wasn't like a real person and like life because. I don't think she's real. I think she I just would like, like to appropriate her life for profit. Yeah. yeah. So Lena Dunham tweeted. And just want to say a quick scroll through Lena Dunham's Twitter. She has 5.2 million followers and I get more engagement on my tweets than her. My Ned tweet. Did I think so people much just follow her for the train wreck. Yeah. So she tweeted. Because I think, do I still, I think it got to, like I was following her just to follow to see the stupid shit she did. And I think I, I either unfollowed her or muted her because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Do I still? Let's see. Go ahead and read. Okay. When I go, I want my casket to be driven through the New York City Pride Parade with a plaque that reads, she wasn't for everyone, but she was for us. Who can arrange? I do like, want Thank Lena, though, because the replies on this, I've never laughed so fucking hard. But the people who are defending her, they're like, here's the thing. Like, I hate her so much, too. But, like, this makes me feel like Lena's finally back in her girl's era, like, writing the, like, perfect critique of, like, millennial white women. I'm like, she never wrote a critique of millennial white women. She was writing her real life story. It wasn't a critique. Why do you think she's never made anything good since then? Why do you think she was so committed to the bit? Because it wasn't a bit. Mm -hmm. She literally wrote it earnestly mm-hmm. when it was like oh there are no black like can you more diversity and representation in the show she goes I just like didn't really like know black people yeah she she's not like a this isn't like a a, a it's not it's not like performance art on like it, yeah. her existence isn't performance art like no mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, like do not give her credit again if she was that incredibly talented like the, the sat you have to break the satire at some point, and also like she's just constantly problematic. Yeah, like satire. Like if you want to see like true like satire, watch Atlanta because that takes things that are happening in the real. They did the cannibal story with uh, what's his name? Ed Bundy. No, the actor. Yeah, Army Hammer. But they did it with uh, Alexander Skarsgård, oh, and he's playing himself. Like, yeah, as oh, himself. so it's kind of like entourage vibes. Yeah. Mott's said that yeah. like, they bring so other like, actors play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's playing himself as a cannibal. Like, it's perfect. Like, 
that the whole episode was wild, but like they he they actually do commentary. And the only time that I've seen smart commentary done on girls was when Donald Glover went on after she got all this backlash about not having black people on. And he wrote everything that he said and it was perfect. And that was the only good like commentary that was on girls. Yeah. Like the show is insufferable uh, on accident. Mm -hmm. I think some of the actors are playing roles of being insufferable. Yeah. I think There's everyone... No, no, no. I take that back. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I think two people were... Maybe one, actually. I think there's a chance, too, but I'm pretty confident at least one. Yeah. Okay. There's one that I'm like, nah, I think you are all the same. And I think a lot of people also don't remember uh, the, like, actual, like, entertainment discussion around the show Girls when it first came out. It would, it, or even in the beginning, like, the way that it's regarded in the industry is, like, not this, like, very intelligent critique of a millennial white woman. It's, re like, regarded in the same way of being, like, oh, you know what's always good? Like, you know, like, shows that are really based off of your own life, mm -hmm. like Issa Rae, Insecure, Lena right. Dunham, Girls. But like when Insecure first came out, a lot of people were comparing it to Girls, and she was, like, please fucking stop. Exactly. <laughs> because one of these people wrote one of these things very differently. Yes. Like, it's just blows my fucking mind. And like, Taylor Swift has like, has some like, problematic things she's done and she's in that new, what's that movie? What's his name? Very recently. She's done a lot of back to back no, problematic I, things. But dare I say, the thing that I think is like, I'm like, you need to, you need to start with the, you need to, start with Lena Dunham. And I wondered, I was talking to Mods about this. I go, do you think like Lena Dunham is like, you know, that like friend, like one annoying friend from like, um, like a high school or college that you like can't get rid of and you can't shake, but it's just like always talking about like, oh my God, how close you are. And you're like, ooh, like it must be kind of hard to that. ghost a friend. I was thinking, I was like, it might be kind of hard to ghost a friend when you're a celebrity who's also a celebrity. That's been done before though. No, totally. But like, you know, you got to orchestrate it. But yeah. And again, Everything she's done is problematic and like she has a way of being like problematic and also like really embarrassing. And so like it's just so hard to read. And I part of me wonders if she has like a humiliation kink because like she has money. She's made a lot of money when you're a producer and like you're a showrunner on a show. You already grew up privileged. Like you don't have to keep like you don't have to keep talking. Like mm -hmm. you can just do stuff silently and quietly. And she does that. But then she's like just like talks like a, she, a lot she literally thinks she's a gay icon it's it's sad she like has a quote about how she like in her book about how she like is always drawn to like the gay community and she always like wished she was gay and was like so sad that she was straight and then was so happy when her sister came out because she could like finally like be adjacent to like the community that like she was always destined to be a part of and as a straight white woman i have not met a single gay person who's like i'm a big lena dunham fan and now i have a new conspiracy theory that along with The weekend, I don't know that Lena Dunham has any fans. But the thing is, The weekend does have but fans. But who are they? I, was, I think they're bots. When he had his concert here that he had to cancel because his voice went out. But I had so many people on my, and on Instagram that I consider actual friends. Because I don't really follow a lot of like people I don't know. And a lot of them were at his concert. And then one guy was like talking about who was like a big real estate agent, like 
And he was talking about how much he like how much he loves the weekend, how much he's such a fan. So he has fans. I told you, I sent you that Reddit post that like it was like something along the lines of like, who would you say is like the artist that like defined a generation? And they're like the weekend. I'm like, no, this has to be a joke. She's just like so fucking chaotic, and it makes me want to appropriate her life and make money off of critiquing I, it. <laughs> but the replies on Lena's tweet, I just would ask everyone to go look at them. Um, one of my favorites. She died as she lived in a ploy for attention that was as puzzling as it was desperate. Mm-hmm. That outperformed her tweet. Ratio. Oh, like tenfold. Like so massive. Okay. Next up is the um, people online obsessing over the Jeffrey Dahmer series and all of the disgusting content that has come from that. It's so fucking creepy. I've gotten on my soapbox on here before about true crime and coming from a place of someone who like used to consume true crime, I have like truly like made it my life mission to get people to stop listening to it and like realize how bad it is, not only for like victims and I mean, not only for you listening to it, your mental health and like how you process your own trauma, how you, what, what, what kind of friend you are, how you process other people's trauma. Like you're no longer a safe person to come to when people have like rough things in their lives because like you are making something traumatic entertainment. It fucks up with your psyche. It fucks up with your own brain. And you are also actively hurting the lives of um, victims' families and survivors who've gone through things like this. And the fucking TikTok trend of people going around and being like, you, like, can't believe that people couldn't finish the Ted Bundy movie. Like, I didn't even flinch. And it is just... So, I haven't. I'm not on that side oh my of God. TikTok. Thank so, God. Thank God I'm not on that side of TikTok. I am on the side of Twitter of people critiquing it. Okay. And it is so over the top from like any other response I've seen to true crime. Like the shit that people say about true crime, like I'm I'm rarely surprised. This is more intense than I've seen of anything. So someone, so this... Uh, user U-H-H-M-M-I-L-Y Molly tweeted there's a whole trend of white women on TikTok flexing how they were so unbothered and unfazed by the Dahmer series on Netflix if you find the depiction of heinous targeted murders of LGBT and black and brown people not disturbing enough then there is something wrong with you and screenshotting of these uh, TikToks that say raise your hand if you are part of a handful of people who are completely unbothered by the Dahmer series and are watching it again I blame Evan Peters when everybody's freaking out about how more, quote unquote, morbid the new Dahmer show is, and you're just bummed they didn't show the actual morbid parts. And they're wearing like, I don't know, some serial killer earrings. When everyone's having a problem finishing the Jeffrey Dahmer series, but you finished it and wished it had more gore in it, I just wanted to see him cut heads off and drill into them. Hearing other people say they couldn't make it through the episode of, through one episode of Dahmer when I binge the whole show unfazed, then watch his trial and every interview of him that exists. And then there are like legitimate people who are like defending why they're like fast, like why they're into this and why it's like, okay. And it's disgusting. Like I view a lot of these like famous uh, serial killers and like really like in, like things like this. Similarly to how we're uh, shown footage of like MLK that's like only in black and white and like so things just feel like really detached. I did not know Jeffrey Dahl. I didn't know that that was like in the, like, ended, I think, in the 90s. And, like, his family, like, family, like, victims' families are still alive. And, like... Yeah, like, the, I've seen this clip, but of, the, of the, the, the mm-hmm. woman that is in court yelling at him, and they did it pretty much, you know, 
identical to what actually happened in the trial. And that woman is like furious because they didn't ask her. Mm-mm. They also like she was like, maybe if they did something like to benefit the families, then I would be OK with this. And they got our permission, but they didn't do any of it. They're just making a spectacle of real people's lives and profiting off of it. Yeah, I think that like when you make something about someone who is a real person who committed these like really heinous crimes, I don't want you to hire a person who is so atrocious and I don't want you to hire a serial killer to play a serial killer. But when you hire a Hollywood actor, Evan Peters, someone who like everyone loves and fangirls over, people have a hard time separating the art from the artist Mm -hmm. when it's like a musician who's problematic. When you have someone who's beloved play somebody problematic, you inherently romanticize Mm -hmm. that person. And the solution there, don't make it. Yep. Just don't fucking make it. And like, people are not well. Like the, all of the comments about this shit is just like so fucked and how you could think like, oh, who cares if like no one benefits from it? Like I benefit from watching it. But like, I've just, I've never seen this intense of a reaction and it's disgusting. Yeah. Now, finally, I'm going to do this one quick because it is too devastating to talk about too much. I will urge everybody to read about it if they would like. But an LAPD officer was killed in a training, quote unquote, accident. And turns out he was actually investigating a gang rape by four other officers. So you might be wondering, confused, training incidents, usually that means that somebody gets shot. No. So... This came out through the lawyer of an L.A. police officer, the the police officer who was killed. So the lawyer of the, this is from Jezebel that I'm going to read from. The lawyer of the Los Angeles police officer killed in what LAPD called a training incident back in May said that the officer, Houston Tipping, had actually been investigating an alleged gang rape perpetrated by four LAPD officers in 2021. And uh, one of the four officers who was allegedly participated in the gang rape was present there when he was killed. So the victim had claimed that she was raped by four different people, all LAPD officers. And she knew their, and you might be wondering, how did she know that they're LAPD officers and their names? Because they were in uniform wearing name tags. So the name of one of those officers with the name tag correlates with one of the officers that was at the training. So LAPD said that, so uh, Tipping died in July and LAPD had said that it was a accidental death while serving as a bicycling instructor at a training exercise. But the attorney is like, no, 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 no. So again, usually in training incidents, it's stray bullets. He was beaten to death and he died from a fatal spinal cord injury, which you can't, they said he like, then then, then he, they ended up saying he like tripped and fell. And you can't fall with that amount of force to have a fatal spinal cord injury. You have to basically fall from like stories, like fall, fall, fall. So they accidentally beat him to death. LAPD said that he was giving a demonstration that involved like grappling from a high height with another officer. They both fell to the ground, which resulted in a catastrophic injury to his spinal cord. And then the officer, I mean, the lawyer then showed reporters MRI scans revealing that he had actually had staples in his head due to the injury sustained leading up to his death. And that's most likely so they could have an open casket. Um, He had a collapsed lung, broken ribs, and damage consistent with being fatally beaten. 
So in June, Gage first filed damages claim against the LAPD on behalf of Tipping's mother, Shirley Huffman, alleging that he'd been beaten to death as part of a training exercise to simulate a mob. He had internal bleeding, repeatedly hit in the head and caught, had multiple fatal neck fractures. And LAPD did not has not responded to the comment. Yeah, so the allegations that he was killed because he was a part of this investigation come after years of like so much whistleblowing and reports about quote-unquote shadow gangs within the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department where these gangs allegedly compromise a sort of shadow government within local law enforcement to cover up officers' crimes. And L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, former chief of staff, publicly admitted that he'd once belonged to the alleged quote-unquote Grim Reaper deputy gang within the County Sheriff's Department. Is that the ones that they have the tattoos on their caps? I feel like that seems pretty... Legitimate. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I doesn't sound wrong. LAPD just has like a horrible history with this, as most policing departments do. In August 2020, um, the LA County Board of Supervisors paid 5.5 million dollars million dollar settlement to a young woman who um, said an LA County Sheriff's Department uh, member, an LA no, an LA County Sheriff had raped her in 2017 when she was 15. The detective in question had faced two prior allegations of sexual misconduct, and that included committing a lewd act with a child and unlawful sexual intercourse. LA Times recently reported on LAPD's history of systemically declining to discipline officers for sex crimes and then concealing those crimes from the public. So I just want to say I'm so, like, just massive, like, props and kudos to uh, Officer Tipping's mom for, like, going through with these charges because knowing that your kid was beaten to death by people who have a lot of fucking power and, like, he also had power and like he would like that is like a really terrifying thing to do and like a very very brave thing to do and like it's just like horrific and I'm like so sad that I'm like not surprised at all yep and again like this is the shit that we find out about like you always have to assume that there's so much more shit we don't know Mm -hmm. LAPD so great and I think they also did issue a statement when the queen died (laughs) Okay, well. The longest episode of all time. Well, we didn't do episodes twice. We didn't do two in a week. So, you know, you get DP'd by us. You're welcome. (laughs) You are welcome. Eiffel Towered by us. We hope you enjoyed. If you did, go leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. We appreciate it so much. Say how great we are, how funny we are. Maybe your favorite segment. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe your favorite, but am I wrong? We've had, maybe you have another conspiracy theory. Always, you can tag us on things on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok if you want us to talk about things on the show or you want something to come across our desk, aka phone, (laughs) and comment on our Instagram, whatever I tell you to comment in the caption because I can't think of anything right now. Cool. Anything else? Should we order hot dogs? That's a good idea. Okay. Yay! Hot dogs! (laughs) We'll circle back next week. Circle back. Circling back. Goodbye! But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.